Benedict XVI, the third secret is spoken. In this episode of Signs and Secrets, host Mariana Bartold analyzes an interview given by Pope Benedict XVI in 2010 concerning the third secret of Fatima. Benedict had the chance to ponder the third secret for well over 25 years. As Pope, he stated the secret is spoken, that it is announced. This confirms there are words of Our Lady, and the secret still remains hidden. He further stated it is not restricted to one Pope, which confirms the Vatican's official interpretation in 2000 is deficient. Interestingly, the world media failed to report this emphasis and even mistranslated the Pope's interview. Did you know that Pope Benedict XVI once revealed that the third secret is spoken? How did the Catholic media miss that important fact? Or did they choose to overlook it? We can't with certainty know that answer, but I can tell you this. Within a few weeks of research and verification, I discovered that the focus was shifted away from what he really said. What was the scene of this admission made by Pope Benedict XVI? Well, it was found in a response to a question that he was asked. It was a question asked and answered in Italian. But it appears that the Catholic media did not even look at the original Italian source to confirm the specifics. That said, I did. Second, and as I've already mentioned, it was a question about the third secret of Fatima, one which had never before been asked. But, as I discovered at the time by examining the original Italian interview, Benedict XVI's answer clearly demonstrated that not once, but twice, he said that the third secret is spoken and it is shown. Dear listeners, hello and welcome. I'm Mariana Bartold, the guest host of Science and Secrets, featured by the Fatima Center. I'm the author of Fatima, the Signs and Secrets, Guadalupe, Secrets of the Image, and I am the host of my own modest channel, Genesis 315. Thanks to the generosity of the Fatima Center, you will find in the description box various links to my works and to my channel. Today, I am again sharing excerpts with you from my book, Fatima, the Signs and Secrets, as well as some additional insights since the time that I first wrote about this. So, let's continue. It was on Thursday, May 11, 2010, while en route to Portugal, that Pope Benedict XVI made a crucial revelation to a group of journalists, the press corps of the papal entourage. As is the usual practice, Vatican Protocol asks correspondents who will travel with the Pope to submit their questions days in advance. Out of the many inquiries received, Pope Benedict XVI chose to answer three. But that last one turned out to be a three-part inquiry about the third secret of Fatima. 
which is the last of three distinct parts of the great secret of Fatima given by the Virgin Mary to three shepherd children on July 13, 1917. And, despite the Virgin's clear command, to this day is still not fully released. All three questions were formally presented by Father Federico Lombardi, who was at the time the Vatican spokesman. Now, on the same day, the complete question and answer session, which was an exchange made and then later published in Italian, was quickly transcribed by the journalist Jean Guido Vecchi for the newspaper Corriere Redesella, which is not only one of Italy's oldest newspapers, but also is in Italy the most widely read. By the way, to offer an example of translation issues, which are necessary to know about for what I'm going to say later. The Italian name of that newspaper literally translates in English to Courier of the Evening. But in the English lexicon, it translates to the Evening Courier, or even more properly, we would add the article to it, so we would call it The Evening Courier. So as I continue, please keep this issue with translation in mind. My research into the original Italian of this interview initially discovered that all of the media's Italian to English translations were askew. They turned the third secret into a prophecy that focused on certain scandals, including the terrible abuses against minors, but also by totally ignoring that which was revealed in the third secret vision and making no attempt to glean from Benedict XVI the words of the third secret, which begin with one sentence, but more on that later. Since every single Catholic journalist, in print or online, had missed something both startling and imperative, I first published the correct translation on my blog, and then I submitted my article after discussing it with the previous editor, God rest his soul, John Veneri, to Catholic Family News, and it was printed. What follows then is my literal translation from Italian to English of this Fatima Third Secret question and the incredibly relevant section of the Pope's response. Now my translation begins with the question regarding the Third Secret which was put to Benedict XVI. Holiness, what significance have we today for the apparitions of Fatima? And when you presented the text of the Third Secret in the Vatican Press Office in June 2000, it was asked if the message could be extended or broadened or widened beyond the attack on John Paul II, also to the additional or other sufferings of the popes. And is it possible, in your opinion, or according to you, to frame also in that vision the sufferings of the church of today for the sins of the sexual abuse of minors. Pope Benedict's response, beyond this great vision of the suffering of the Pope, which we might, in essence, attribute to John Paul II, there is indicated the reality of the future of the church, which will gradually develop and demonstrate itself. Namely, also rendered as 
That is, or in other words, it is true that beyond the moment indicated in the vision, it is spoken, it is shown, there is the necessity of the passion of the church, which naturally, or of course, is reflected in the person of the Pope. But the Pope is in the church, and therefore it is the sufferings of the church that are announced. End of my translation there. Now the remainder of this substantial section of the Pope's response to the third secret question is as follows. As for the new things we may find today in this message, it is also that the attacks on the Pope and the Church not always come from the outside, but the sufferings of the Church actually come from within the Church, from the sin that exists in the Church. This has always been known, but today we can see it in a really terrifying way. The greatest persecution of the Church does not come from outside enemies, but it is from sin within the church. And the church now has a deep need to relearn penance, accept purification, learn to forgive, but also a need for justice. I do wish that he had phrased those words differently, because the church, the eternal church, does not sin. It is the human beings of the church because the church is a hospital, a spiritual hospital for sinners. And some sinners want to take the remedy given to them by the church and some want to change the formula. So when we talk about these sins of the church, what we really mean is, as I said years ago, the human element of the church. Now, in those preceding words of Pope Benedict XVI, one discerns a slight echo of Pescende Dominici Gregis, which in English is translated to Feeding the Lord's Flock, addresses the topic on the doctrine of the modernists, and is dated September the 8th, 1907. Quote, They put into operation their designs for her undoing meaning the church, not from without, not from the outside, but from within. Hence the danger is present almost in the very veins and heart of the church, whose injury is the more certain from the fact that their knowledge of her is more intimate. Unquote. So we're talking about the modernists and their infiltration into the church and because of their great knowledge of the workings inside the church, they are able to cause her more harm. So with that said, I will give you a brief examination of what Benedict XVI said that day about the third secret. First, closer attention must be made to that pivotal sentence when he said, namely, it is true that beyond the moment indicated in the vision, it is spoken, it is shown. And later in that same response, he stated, it is the sufferings of the church that are announced. Now, in highlighting that one sentence alone, Pope Benedict XVI made a staggering and critical revelation. In June of 2000, the Vatican released a description of the third secret vision. 
but not the virgin's words that pertain to it. In fact, they pretend that there are no words. So since that time, less than a handful of influential Vatican prelates insist there is nothing left to reveal of the third secret, evoking a collective common sense response from many Catholics. That's it? That was a response reflected by the late Mother Angelica, God rest your soul, who was the founder of EWTN, Eternal Word Television Network, and who, when speaking to a priest on her program on May 16, 2001, said, quote, As for the secret, meaning the third secret of Fatima, well, I happen to be one of those individuals who thinks we didn't get the whole thing. I told you. I mean, you have the right to know you have your own opinion, right, Father? There, you know it, that's my opinion, because I think it, meaning the third secret, is scary. Then of May of 2010, Pope Benedict XVI submitted a crucial piece of evidence that there is more to the third secret when he unexpectedly admitted that beyond the vision, it, meaning the third secret, is spoken. Second, one critical fact can't be forgotten. Pope Benedict XVI was the first man to ascend the papal throne already possessing full knowledge of the third secret of Fatima. In light of the fact that as Cardinal Ratzinger, he revealed in 1984 that he had read the third secret, so that by the time he became the Pope in 2005, Benedict XVI had at least, at least, 26 years to ponder the full third secret, if not even longer, because he never publicly revealed when he first read it. The manner in which the Pope expressed himself on May 11, 2010, indicates either a purposefully discreet admission or a momentary slip. Third, the specific inquiry about the third secret initially asked if the message could be extended to the additional sufferings of the Popes. Note the plural word there, Popes. Initially, it should be noted that Pope Benedict XVI did not object to the plural word popes. Moreover, his reply also revealed that the Pope of the Third Secret Vision was not necessarily the late John Paul II because Benedict said, quote, beyond this great vision of the suffering of the Pope, which we might, in essence, attribute to John Paul II, unquote. The entire great secret, in fact, addresses the role of the Holy Father many times. The papacy is absolutely central to complete the Virgin Mary's requests to the Church on behalf of the Church. While this third secret is of concern to the Holy Father, it is not only about the Holy Father. Fourth, Pope Benedict XVI never clarified that the third secret's indicated Reality of the future of the church, unquote, is conditional, whether for good or for evil. But in accord with divine revelation, the Virgin Mary qualified those either-or conditions in the second part of the great secret of Fatima, when she used the following phrases. If what I say to you is done, to prevent this, and if my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted, and there will be peace. But, if not, she, meaning Russia, will spread her errors 
throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions against the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. Our Lady's words, then and later, left no doubt of God's will. Are we listening? It is our decision whether or not the ongoing chastisement into which all of us were born continues and augments as our Lord warned Sister Lucia would happen. We know that this chastisement will one day be stopped, but it will not happen if the majority of us Catholics passively wait for the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That's not the way it works, because God in his wisdom and in his providence usually decides to work through people. Our entire sacred history shows that. That is why Our Lady, the Mother of God, is calling practicing Catholics to increased charity to God and to neighbor. But as most of us should recognize, and which many of us may lament, That queen of virtues is so terribly lacking in these days. That is why Our Lady offers to us, poor sinners that we are, her Immaculate Heart as our refuge and the path that leads us to God. The Mother of God also promised, In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, and she meaning Russia, will be converted and an era of peace will be granted to the world. That is the promise in which we all must keep hope and upon which we must build our foundation in following, living, and promoting the Fatima message. As all other credible Fatima scholars agree, that promise concludes the second secret. Then the third secret begins with this sentence. In Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc. That etc., as I always say, added by Sister Lucia, because those words, etc., that phrase, etc., indicates that explanatory words follow. But when the Vatican released the third secret in June of 2000, it totally ignored that sentence. Now, fifth, Benedict XVI said there is need for the passion of the church which naturally reflects itself on the person of the Pope, unquote. To the contrary, it was precisely to avoid this ongoing passion that Our Lady came to Fatima, there to warn against many future dangers to our souls and to give the means to avoid them all. Sixth, Benedict XVI subsequently remarked, But the Pope is in the Church, and therefore it is the sufferings of the Church that are announced. Those words accomplish two things. One, they make a second verification that the third secret is indeed spoken. And two, they express a vital truth of Catholic doctrine regarding the Pope and the Church. Now, as I said, I've discussed this in my Fatima book, just as I wrote about it for Catholic Family News all those years ago. So I will say this. 
We know that the Virgin at Fatima repeatedly emphasized through her so-called requests, which are really commands, and through the prophecies, especially in that still unexplained but ominous third secret vision, that the present and the future are fully dependent upon the church militant's fidelity to divine revelation. And that means you and me, too. However, that fidelity also depends upon what Benedict XVI called the person of the Pope, meaning the individual man, the individual man who accepted the papal office, who is entrusted by God with the duty and the obligation to God and to his inheritance, meaning the faithful, to guard the deposit of faith and faithfully transmit it to Christ's flock. And that takes me back to Pescende Dominici Grudges, in which it is stated, quote, One of the primary obligations assigned by Christ to the office divinely committed to us, meaning to the Pope, of feeding the Lord's flock is that of guarding with the greatest vigilance the deposit of the faith delivered to the saints, rejecting the profane novelties of words and the gainsaying of knowledge, falsely so-called, unquote. And with that, dear listeners, I will share a final reminder. Please join me every other Wednesday for more episodes of Science and Secrets here on the Fatima Center channel. Until the next time, may God bless you, and may Our Lady Mary keep you and yours under her starry mantle. Salve, Regina. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. For more resources regarding the message of Fatima and to support this vital apostolate with a donation, please visit our website, fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. Immaculate and sorrowful heart of Mary, be our salvation. Sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come.